Enjoy this flyover clip. In Luke 4, Jesus is there in the, in the, in, in the synagogue and he's reading. And he, this is one where he gets out Isaiah and he reads it. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out the scroll in Luke 4.18 and he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, that's kingship, to proclaim good news to the poor, proclaim liberty, and to set the liberty of those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's the um, the sabbatical year, right? And that's the ultimate, that's, I'm sorry, that's the jubilee. That's the jubilee of uh-huh. jubilees. And when Messiah comes, he would bring the jubilee of jubilees, right? And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And then we go on after that. And so it's interesting that he quotes, but, but if you go back to the original verse that he was quoting from, there's more to that verse that's, it's, that has been left out. And it's important that we know this because he said, this has been fulfilled, right? So God has initiated spirit of the Lord, proclaiming liberty, you know, Messiah has come. But uh, let's see if I can call up that passage. It's not, oh, there it is. Oh, there we go. <laughs> He's quoting from Isaiah 61, one and on. And what Jesus, he stops before the last verse. And the last, uh, not the last verse, he stops before the next verse, which says this, right after he says, proclaim liberty, etc." Isaiah says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the Jubilee of Jubilees, and the day of vengeance of our God. Now, a lot of Christians read that and think, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the end time judgment, or that's the, the last judgment, and that hasn't happened yet. Well, it hasn't happened yet when Jesus was saying it, but it's interesting because it will happen within 40 years. And let, let me sh- show you what I mean. Remember this, though. So he's, in other words, what he's saying here is when Messiah comes, he will bring both. This is what Isaiah saying. When Messiah comes, he will bring both atonement and judgment. It's a two-pronged thing. Who's he judging? Who's he judging? We'll get to that. Ultimately, okay. I'll tell you, it's, it's going to be those who reject the Messiah and the old covenant because he's establishing the new covenant, right? But here it is, the day of vengeance of our God. So who is that against? Well, here's the thing. That day of judgment is what Jesus is talking about Later on in Luke, he starts to talk about, in fact, I'll get there now. This is where Luke 21, he's describing what's going to be coming, the destruction of Jerusalem. When you see uh, Luke 21, 20, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the city depart. Let not those who are out in the country enter it. Now, a lot of Christians think, oh yeah, this is in our future. But consider this. No, he's actually talking about what's going to happen soon within their lifetimes. And it in fact did happen. And we'll show you. But Jerusalem was surrounded by armies within 40 years, right? But here's what he says next. For these are days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. There it Mm. is. There's the second part of Isaiah 61, the days of vengeance of the judgment on Jerusalem. Um, uh, for there will be d- great distress upon the land. People read it as earth, but it's actually land, land of Israel, and wrath against this people. So he's saying against the Jewish people, there's wrath because Jerusalem will be surrounded and destroyed, and this people will be judged. Wrath of God against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations, which did happen in AD 70. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. That's another theological thing. We'll get into that some other time. But 
But the point is, is here's where Jesus is saying the second component of messianic prophecy is coming and it's going to happen within your lifetime. Now, uh, the days of vengeance, in other words, when Messiah comes, he will bring both atonement and judgment. This is not the last judgment. That's a different thing. That's a different concept. He's talking about the days of vengeance and the days of vengeance are going to be against Jerusalem and this people, God's wrath. Why? Because they rejected Messiah. All throughout the book of Matthew, Jesus tells these parables over and over again about the Jewish leaders and people who reject Messiah are going to be judged. So by the time we get to Matthew 23, we've heard these dozen parables, right? You know, the parables of the talents and the parables of, of the vineyard, right? The vineyard mm-hmm. is like Israel and the Israelites kill God and his prophets and then ultimately kill his son. And what do you think the, uh, the Lord of the vineyard is going to do? He will come back and destroy those those vine growers, right? And that's Israel. Those, uh, that's the, um, the um, whatever, the historical Israel of that time that was rejecting Messiah will be judged. So he's already said this multiple times in, in parables, but then by the time he gets to uh, Matthew 23, we hear all these woes against the Pharisees and hypocrites. Why? Because they're rejecting Messiah. So this is the dominant theme that is going on. And so um, we get to Matthew 23, And he says, 31, Jesus says, witness against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murder the prophets. Why? Because they're going to kill Messiah. They're the sons of those. Fill up the measure of your fathers. That term, filling up the measure, is used of uh, in the ancient um, Hebrew Bible against the Amorites. The Amorites' iniquity was filled up until what? Till God came and killed them all in the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. So this is a massive judgment when he says, measure up your sins, that he's talking to the Jews of that time and the leaders who represent the people. So it's it's the whole nation he's talking to. Again, why? Over and over again, because you will reject Messiah. You serpents, you brood of vipers, right? You're going to be sentenced to Gehenna. Therefore, I send you prophets, men, wise men, scribes, and you kill them. And, and then he says, on you, this, he's talking to these people, on you, may come all the righteous blood shed on the land. So he's, he's basically saying, you've got this long history of, of Jews killing their own prophets, but you're going to be the worst. All that blood will be on your head. Why? Because they're killing the prophet of prophets, Jesus, the Messiah, right? So it makes perfect sense, this judgment that he's, he's pronouncing upon them from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah. And then listen to this. He says, truly I say to you, verse 36, truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And he's talking to them, you guys, all these things will come upon this generation. Now, there's a lot of different interpretations in in, uh, end times people about this generation, and they all basically try to get around the fact that he's talking to the people he's talking to. No, it's the generation we'll see the signs in the future. No, it's this race. None of them work because Whenever he says this generation in the, in the New Testament, and specifically in Matthew, over and over and over again, he's talking about this wicked generation that rejects Messiah. Um, this, this generation in front of him. Exactly. In other words, um, th- these people who rejected him will be judged. Luke 17, 25, but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Matthew 12, 39, an evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign, but Jonah has been given to it. 
And truly, I say to you, the queen of the South will rise up in judgment um, with this generation and condemn it. Why? Because someone greater than Solomon's here, because you rejected Messiah. Matthew 12, 41, the men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment against this generation and condemn it. Why? Because they repented at Jonah. <laughs> but behold, someone greater than Jonah is. It's on and on and on. He's saying, because you're rejecting Messiah, you will, this generation who rejects Messiah will be judged. So contextually, whenever he refers to this generation, he's always talking about the generation he's talking to, not a future one. So what I'm getting at, is th why this is so crucial and important is because uh, it is a hermeneutic, a hermeneutic that Jesus himself is telling us. And he says, uh, all these things, what, what things? Well, we're going to read the, all those things in Matthew 24. But he's telling us right off the bat, all these things are going to come upon this generation. So whatever, however you interpret Matthew 24, put aside your own biases and your own assumptions. Whatever you, you believe, you have to interpret it as occurring to that generation. You can't interpret it according to a future generation because you're defying Jesus's own hermeneutic. And what's interesting was after Jesus gives all these judgments and we'll go through them, he says the same thing at the very end of his sermon in Matthew 25. No, I'm sorry. Um, in Matthew 24, verse 34, he says it again. He says, all these things, judgment, heaven and earth and all this stuff. And he goes, truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The My Pillow guy. And you're looking good. Still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, My Pillow 2.0. When I invented My Pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of My Pillow. 
The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com. 